Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Today's episode is an interview of my husband Brad and I on Let's Talk Purpose. I'm so excited for you to get to know him, but also to hear a little bit about our marriage, the inside scoop on all the ups and downs. Enjoy the show. Good morning, Brittany. How are you? I'm great. Awesome. I'm excited about our guest today. Yeah, me too. This is going to be fun. Yeah, we're going to be talking about marriage and ministry. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, all. (laughs) So for those of you who don't know my husband, Brad, you're going to get to know him today. So we're going to start with some introductions, but get your questions ready because we we love to field questions. Yeah. Help me out here. Y'all can make it um, super serious, super fun. Let's make them sweat. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Never let them see you sweat, Brad. Never let them see you sweat. Never. Let's start with our sponsors. Take it away, Brittany. All right. Innovative Construction Services is a Texas-owned family business providing roofing and various construction needs in the DFW area and beyond. ICS provides service with quality and integrity to each and every customer, knowing it's about so much more than business. Owners Levi and Olivia have been watching God grow this company over the years and are excited, knowing the best is yet to come. Give them a call as they'd love the opportunity to serve you with any roofing and construction needs. There's their phone number there, 817-672-5272. Next, we have Express Employment Professionals Staffing Company. Today, we're going to give out their hot job. Um, hot job. Hot job. A hot job. Assembly workers needed for a cabinet company, as well as basic material handlers. Pay between $15 to $16 an hour. Day shifts available. If you are interested or know someone who's interested, text the word WORK, that's W-O-R-K, to Sonia at 817-371-0218, and she will hook you up. All right. So love Sonia. Love her support. She's always supporting the ministries, always mm-hmm. supporting the LLC. Just a great person. And she's really good at the people that she works with. So yeah. hot job for hot today. Jobs. We have a couple of other um, announcements. And uh, I know I've mentioned this before, but my book got picked up by a publishing co- company, Five Stones Press. Um, and it is officially out. Look at that. Look at that new book cover. So for those of you who have written or written, you have not written it. I wrote no, it. Read it. Uh, if for those of you who have read Enforcing You, uh, this is the updated new publishing, new cover, fresh. You can get a hardback in it too. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can get it in a hard copy. Um, so you can find it on Amazon. We haven't changed all the things yet, like on my website, because it literally just came live. But mm-hmm. we were so excited to announce it. So there is the new cover. Looks so professional. I uh, see it right in the bookstore. <laughs> I know. So that's what we want, right? All right. So another exciting thing is a new podcast um, show is coming out, which is teach and talk with Lisa Schwartz. Now you have specific, you, several people have mentioned like, look, we love your teachings. We love your content on YouTube, but we're not big YouTube people. Like we are podcast no, people. I'm we like to, so we have heard. And so we are, um, basically starting a new podcast, which is all the content, um, that is on YouTube and you can now just listen to it over and over and over again. And I believe Fantastic. this is live today, um, except on Apple. Um, Apple is, there's a couple of little more jump hoops that you have to jump through, but yeah. otherwise you can find it on my website. Um, but it is live and I couldn't think of a better series to start with than the glory versus the anointing. Mm. Why? Because we have an upcoming conference. So we'll switch. Here it is containing his character March 4th and 5th. Um, you can sign up for that conference. If I know Liz, she's probably trying to keep up with me and putting all these <laughs> links in the the show as we're talking. Um, but this is going to be exciting. Um, we're going to be talking about the glory versus the anointing, how to contain his character um, so that you can flow in the greater anointing of God. This is also the book that I'm writing. So that'll be out Yay. hopefully before the end of the year. I don't know. It just depends on how much Brad bugs me and interrupts me when I'm trying to write. <laughs> right. Never happens. <laughs> Never happens. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we were supposed to have Mike Kingsley on again today, but COVID um, tends to kind of hijack us a lot. Um, And so he could not make it today. Just so happens that Brad was home today. And so I was very excited and I was like, hey, do you want to go live with us tomorrow? And uh, of course he does. Of course he does. So I quickly uh, texted Britt and was like, hey, we're going to do kind of a little bit more interviewing format. I knew she would come up with some good questions to just kind of talk about uh, ministry, marriage, marriage and ministry, marriage, marriage, (laughs) Marriage. all the things. So I'm going to, I'm going to hand it over to you, Britt. 
Yeah, and I'm gonna watch that screen. Up yeah, there I'm trying to see questions. who's with us. It's a restream changed everything. I cannot find where that full window is. But oh, oh, yeah. Okay. I got these little ones well, here. Well, we can see the little windows, uh, kind of. Yeah. Uh, Liz, so, let us know if we're missing something. So we see Amy Singer is with us this morning. Sharon Watts is with us this morning. Um, look, he has to even scroll for us. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people with us this morning. Sonia. <laughs> Janae is with us this morning. Uh, I'm going to try and keep up on Facebook. If you are on list, Sonia is with us. Hey, you two. Can you share what? What? What your love languages are. Okay, she's got them. Okay, okay. we're going to listen to Liz. Liz has got <laughs> us. Look at how many people it's taking to run the show. Courtney Clary's with us. <laughs> Kenneth Clary's with us. Griselda Ponce is with us. Um, so lots of people watching live. Leave us a comment. If you would share this to your wall, make sure you click like because the algorithm likes when you click like. I don't know why. But next week it could change. We don't know. But today they like when you click like. Take it away, Brittany. All right. Well, okay. So we had a question, right? What did she say? Love languages. What are your love languages? Okay. Well, first, let's start out with just to give a little background so they know a little bit about you guys. How long have y'all been married? Brad, (laughs) we look at you. I know the answer. I know the answer. How come you know the answer? (laughs) I think we're hitting on about 30 years right now. Yeah. Yeah, And counting. We hit 30 years this last October. Okay. So 30 years we've been married. Oh, see. So we can keep that in mind how long this has been going yeah. on here, right, right here. Right, right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and her question was about have, hey, you two, can you share with your love languages? Do you all know what your love languages are? Is that I, something I that do. you've been? I know what mine is, and I, I know well, what Brad you, is. Can we list them all? Yeah, let's list them all. <laughs> and I think, I, I think uh, it would be fair to say that probably for both of us, they've maybe changed or shifted a little bit over the years. Um, as we've grown, right? So the love languages are the first one is affection. So you enjoy touch. Number two, uh, one of them is affirmation. You enjoy positive words, um, quality time. So you enjoy when somebody spends time with you, gifts, and then service. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I'm. Uh, do you want me to share mine first? Yeah. Or do you yours? want me to make him guess what mine is? <laughs> no. Do you know what hers is? Oh, it's touch. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My number one is touch. I think over the years I've gotten more uh maybe where it's equal is quality time as well Mm -hmm. quality is time Mm -hmm. and years ago when we did yours yours was service Um, but i feel like it's probably shifted a little bit more to positive affirmation and also quality time right and quality time may not be the amount of time well it really is more because quality time (laughs) right so it is really about more about you know when we're together we're intentional yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And some of that is because he travels a lot when he works. And so I think, you know, a lot of people are like, how does that work out for you? And I'm like, well, I feel like it's great because, um, you know, we're very intentional about our weekends and kind of reserving that time for each other and spending time. I, I think we've probably both grown a lot in quality time, which is mm-hmm. great that we are kind of in sync. When you, Years ago when he said service was his and I was like, Ugh, that was my last, my lowest. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was like, you're going to need to pick something else because that one does not work. It's not like not in my back pocket, but we've made it work. <laughs> yeah, because you tend to love people like you like to be loved. So yes. if that's your lowest and that was going to be your hardest to you know, to, yes. to love him that way. Yes. And I'll tell you, because, um, because touch was mine, I often found ways to serve him through touch. Um, mm-hmm. and so sometimes you can try and, you know, combine them a little bit, but it is, I do think we've both grown a little bit over the years, more towards quality time. Mm-hmm. So I know y'all have spent, y'all do spend a lot of time apart with work and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just hearing your story over the years that that's been kind of the case a lot throughout your, your marriage, I, yeah. would, I would I, assume. I would say probably 80 to 85% of our marriage, you have traveled. Yeah, probably, especially since we moved to Texas. Yeah, for sure. Prior to that, I, I did work a lot. He did work a lot. He worked overnights and he went to school full time. And so he may have been home, but it was typically sleeping. And I had to mm-hmm. keep the children quiet, which was always a challenge, right. you know? Yeah, I know a lot of people, a lot of couples who are in kind of that situation where somebody's works out of town, somebody. So how do you mm-hmm. keep from, I mean, how do y'all, may, it may have changed over the years, but how did you decide roles, um, you know, early on? How did that change throughout the years? And what does that look like now as far as your roles about marriage, kids, house, work, money? Yeah, I, I think um, Lisa just mentioned it and talking about change, you know, you change over the years and stuff. And I think, it, I mean, in general, if if you're not changing Something's wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really that 
that is what life mm-hmm. brings you. I mean, you change because of circumstances around you. You change because you're more mature. You're more emotionally mature. Different mm-hmm. things like that. You need to change, mm-hmm. and and we should always be changing. So I, I, it can go practical. Lisa used to do all the finances for us. Um, and when we were poor, I had to do this. <laughs> <laughs> he got the fun season to right, do finances. Right, right. How can we spend it? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then and then it kind of just transitioned from there. I was like, well, she would like me to be a part of that more. So I started getting involved a little more. And then it was kind of like, you got I was busier. Like, I, actually, I really and, just want you to do it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, sure. I mean, so that's just one thing that changed over time um you know as far as being more involved in the kids' lives i think as the kids got older i got more involved mm-hmm. um i was home maybe a little bit more to take them to a basketball game or practice maybe. or different thing like that yeah and maybe some of that's a little little male female and maybe it's just us but you know when the kids were littler I homeschooled them. I took care of them. I did the ba- I was a home a stay at home mom, and he was gone a lot. And so just organically, um, and and Brad was you know the older they got, the more he was like, oh, they can have a conversation, and I can mm-hmm. do stuff with them. Right. Um, whereas when they were younger, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was primarily my role, and so I think. Uh, Two things. I think, you know, my plumbing, I didn't have the right plumbing either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I think that, you know, to Brad's point where we talk about change, I think the key to that is just that constant communication. And um, we had to go through a season where we had to kind of shift from letting the church define our roles Mm -hmm. and recognizing that we have the authority to define the roles for our marriage. And so going back to the finances, I think, you know, a lot of times the church will tell you, well, the man should do the finances or the man should do the disciplinary or, or the man should make all these final executive decisions. And, you know, for a long time, we, we kind of really tried to fit into that church mold Mm -hmm. of, of what the roles are supposed to look like. But over the years, we have felt the freedom and saying, look, um, we have the authority with uh, the two of us, with the Holy Spirit, for each season to decide what role are each one of us going to take for this particular season. Um, there have been times when our when our boys got a little bit older, um, when they got to be teen years, I was like, look, Brad, I really need you to step in a little bit more with the disciplining and the mm-hmm. structure and the conversations, right. you know, um, and that was necessary for that season. And I did not feel threatened by that. Um, he didn't feel threatened by the fact before that that I had all the conversations with the kids and did all the disciplining and all that stuff. Um, and so I think it's required a lot of communication over the years. And you know the ways the way our roles look today, we're okay with maybe next year they might change, as long as we both feel. Um, for us, the, our 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 checkpoints are: do we both feel free? Do we both feel respected and we do, do we both feel honored? And do we feel like we're making these, these decisions together? Right. So do y'all feel like, did y'all like sit down and have these conversations? Was it conversations that are had practically before resentment sets in and then it comes because out of need? All the above. Uh, yeah. I mean, resentment <laughs> can set in For sure. or, you know, being defensive about sure. things or whatever it is. And then I think it's, but you're, you're aware of maybe tension. And, yeah. and then you're willing to go there and talk about that tension and what is going on between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think he said that really well. I think it's a little mm-hmm. bit of everything. And, and of course, the goal is that the older we get, the more mature we get, the more we can have those conversations before the tension sets right. in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think one of the challenges, you know, to so that people are like, oh, they're just perfect. You know, one of the challenges with Brad working was that – you know, roles were a little bit different. And, and, you know, I had kind of a certain way of doing things while Brad was gone and then he would come home and he'd kind of mess up the schedule, mm-hmm. um, particularly when the kids were little. And that caused a little bit of tension. And I, I remember him saying like, look, I want, I, I can't just come in and just be like, oh, I'm just an outsider coming in. Um, and so that required a lot of intentionality for me to say, look, he's, he's their dad and he might come in and he might mess our schedule up over the weekend. But also he respected that sometimes the schedule is good and this is how they do things. And it's good for the kids to have kind of some consistency. Um, and so that always required, I think, a little extra intentionality 
conversation, yeah. you know, for me to be sensitive to, hey, when he comes home, bedtime might be 8.45, not 8.30, or the opposite. A lot of times he was like, we're putting the kids to bed early. <laughs> <laughs> so, but just the reality that, you know, sometimes that, that was a challenge, I think, sometimes when the, when he worked a lot, when the kids were littler. Mm-hmm. I was looking up some of the most common marriage problems. Of course, oh, we've geez. got, you know, the typical communication, ignoring boundaries, sexual intimacy, infidelity, money, selfishness, value differences, and different life stages. Stages, but one thing, um, <laughs> one thing, one website put not having the same vision of success. Oh, that's good. So I was looking at that. Okay, so how do you stay cohesive as a partnership? while allowing for individual growth and dream chasing? And does your partner need to be a part of every goal and every achievement in your life? Mm, there's several different questions there. Do you want to stab at it first? I, you know, <laughs> my, you know, my mind goes in a... A, a million just, directions. Yeah, a million directions on it. I think uh, in terms of supporting, mm-hmm. you know, your spouse and and them pursuing their dreams and their goals and everything. I think, I think that is, uh, very important. Mm -hmm. And I think throughout our marriage, um, whenever Lisa would come to me with, you know, whether it was, you know, the mom's group or, or the singing ministry or the speaking ministry, what, whatever you have always wanted to do, while it may have taken you time to, to come to me and say, Hey, mm-hmm. I really want to do this, mm-hmm. you know, because maybe, you know, the kids were little and you mm-hmm. had, a, you know, what, and you were going to need me support, like actual to be practical available support, on right? a Thursday night for, to watch the kids mm-hmm. while you went to practice or, or different things or like pay that. for a babysitter, which was a well, big mm-hmm. deal for us at that time. Correct. Right? And, and so, but every time I would mm-hmm. say, yeah, do it. Let's yeah. go. I think that Brad and I are both very similar. I mean, everybody who knows me knows, like, that's what I do for a living. Like, I want to see people come into the next level, into their next, uh, to their dreams, to their purpose, to their vision. And Brad is very much like that. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, I think we've just organically, we're just wired to really support each other. Um, Probably... um, probably we're each other's biggest coaches as far as pushing each other when we're discouraged. Um, but I like that he pointed out too, especially when the kids were littler, it didn't just require just emotional support, right? There was practical support there too. And so for me, I never just assumed, um, I realized that for me more so than him, that it was going to impact the entire family if I was going to start a new venture. Um, and so I had to be very sensitive and for moms that are out there who are listening and you feel like, Oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do any, it's really just so temporary. Um, and I have six kids. So yeah. my temporary was a lot of years. And you, uh, you've been there where, Oh my God, I'm never going to be able to. Uh, absolutely. You know? <laughs> absolutely. Where you're like, you know, I have no identity outside of my children, mm-hmm. right. you know, and outside of this home. And, uh, um, er- early on it was. I love being pregnant. I love having babies. Absolutely. I mean, you know, what, how God had shifted you spiritually. Yes. Uh, through all of those seasons. Mm-hmm. And then we got here and it was like, man, I want to pursue ministry. I want to, you know, do different things yeah. and stuff like and that. And I think Brad is in tune enough with the Holy Spirit that he could see and I could see that all of that was an intentional prepping and planning for where God was taking me. And the same thing for Brad. I mean, for years, he, I mentioned earlier, he went to school and he worked full time, but he had this hobby of coaching. Um, and that took him out of the house a lot. And that caused off and on in different season, it could cause a lot of tension mm-hmm. because it, it's not like he was bringing in a lot of money coaching, right? He was doing it cause he loved it. It was his hobby. Um, which is, you know, that's a part of his story. It was a passion. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it was a passion, but I think he will openly admit at some point it became a little bit of, of his adulterous relationship too. Like, Well, really, I mean, it's transitioned to what I do today. Yes. I still, so I still coach. Yes. So yes. And that's my point. And that is that he, th- we realized that that was a part of his story and a part of his equipping to what he does today mm-hmm. as well in the corporate world as a CEO, he's really just coaching his employees all day long, right? Mm-hmm. He's just encouraging them, setting goals for them, coming alongside them. Um, you asked, I think in there, you said like, do we make each other a part of ev- each of our Yeah. Goals? Does your partner need to be a part of every goal or every achievement? I don't think so. Oh, good. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> no, I think I there's like, an assumption there. I mean, yeah. how many times we've gone to, 
you know, places or different things and people will be like, including me into her ministry. So happy that he said that because I was like, I don't think I've shared my goals for 2022 with him. But (laughs) but as if I lead her ministry or something, the male or, you know, something like that. And, and really, no, I don't. Yeah. I I love crazy aid. I support crazy aid. I, you know, the LLC, every, everything that's going on, Mm -hmm. but uh, I don't have to be in the middle of it. Just like Mm -hmm. she doesn't come out to Lubbock with me and sit in the boardroom with me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We really do have our own. And I think on, as a couple, we definitely set goals. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we both know, you know, what our goals are right now financially, what kind of our goals are with our house, what our goals are. Um, Probably even personally, we share a little bit more of like what God is doing. We certainly have those conversations, but in our workplaces, um, no, I'm so glad you said that because I was like, like, I think I should say ideally. We might share challenges in the workplace. <laughs> yes, for sure. Other. We mm-hmm. definitely, again, definitely, again, because we're so wired so much alike to towards. I'm like, you got to do something with that Brittany gal. Uh, no. I mean, <laughs> it sure. is crazy. She heard it all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we are, we are very much alike in that. So we have a lot of organic conversations, but um, no, like, you know, I don't know that I've shared with him, hey, my goal this year is to write another book for 2022. Surprise. I just assumed. <laughs> he does probably assume. Um, so did we answer all those questions? Yeah, I think okay, so. Okay, awesome. Yeah, because one of <laughs> my follow-up was going to be if you set yearly resolutions or goals as a couple. Is that some, you mentioned setting goals as a couple. Is that something you do at yearly or is it just as it so. arises? I think more as it arises. Yeah. Um, Brad is a little bit more, um, surprisingly, um, he's a little bit more ebb and flow than I am. Um, and I think some of that is being a five on the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. Some of it is he can't make up his mind. Right. So, (laughs) so he'll be like, we're saving money for this. And then he goes out and buys a motorcycle. And I'm like, wait a minute, (laughs) this is not fair. I didn't buy this, these pair of shoes yesterday because you told me we were, so he's a little bit more ebb and flowy. Um, and surprisingly, I tend to be a little bit more of a rule follower. So I still kind of, um, I still really take the, the role of really honoring what he wants and his communications with the Lord, especially when it comes to finances. And and we've had this conversation. So, uh, in private, so I'll say it publicly, like sometimes it can be a little bit of a rub where I'm like, look, when you say to me, we're saving, like I take that very seriously. And then Mm -hmm. I get irritated. Mm. And he's like, well, I just, you know, but for me, I want to honor what, what he feels like he's hearing the Lord say. And sometimes, um, I'm not sure it's what he's hearing the Lord say. It's kind of like a desire that he has. And then he sees a really cool motorcycle and he buys it, you know? Um, but you know, I'm just keeping it real, but I think he's a little more ebb and flow, uh, which is, is probably surprising from the outside. You would probably think I'm a little more ebb and flow and just go with it. And, you know, I get it though. Yes, because you're a five on Enneagram. And so I think I think Brad has learned over the years that he needs to be, um, we, we talked about the spontaneity. Um, so when I say ebb and flow, he's not I really spontaneous. I plan spontane- spontaneity. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> um, so there are some places where he's, I'm, while I'm very spontaneous, I'm not ebb and flow. Like if you tell me this is how we are going to do something, I'm going to follow that. Like I'm mm-hmm. a very good follower. Um, and so... I don't know what my point was in any of that other than I think... Yeah, so, you just wanted to talk about my motorcycle. No, purchase. yes, his motorcycle <laughs> That's <all>. passion. <laughs> um, but I think I, I said that because when you said, do we tend to just spontaneously set goals? Right. Um, yeah, I do think sometimes that ends up happening because... Uh, well, first of all, circumstances change, you know, and so we're not like a once a year we have this conversation and then we're super religious about we stick to these goals. Absolutely, we, we definitely are... Um, very fluid in recognizing, you know, March may bring about a different, different scenario than mm-hmm. we were experiencing in January, or uh, we may find out we're having grandbabies in July. And so that may, brings about a different scenario for us financially and what, what our goals are, those kinds of things. So I, I think we do a really good job in being willing to always come back to the table and say, uh, this goal that we set over here, it's not working for us. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So yeah, I was going to, cause money is a big you know, one Mm -hmm. of the big common marriage problems. And, you know, usually there is a spender and a saver. Did we just find out that Brad was the spender? So he's the spender on big, big things. 
Um, I'm more like the daily spender. (laughs) (laughs) So what I spend on a daily, although it's hard to say because I also buy the household goods, right? So, you know, we have this joke that Amazon packages come every day and he's like, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to Lisa, Merry Christmas. And I'm like, these are dish towels for our kitchen or shampoo for the spare bathroom, you know? Uh, Well, you have a hotline to our driver. I I do. do. I do. I don't, I hate to go to the store. I don't go to the store. I I can't tell you the last time I set foot in a store. I am a big Amazon buyer and I'm a big Stitch Fitch fan. Unless it's Moretti's. You, uh, everybody's welcome to Moretti's. Everybody is welcome to come into <laughs> yes, Moretti's. Please that come. is correct. So uh, I think we're both equally spenders, but we're super, I, I don't feel like, and maybe I'm wrong with it, I don't feel like finances have ever been really a big issue for us. No. Even when we didn't have money, you know, so a lot of people are probably watching like, oh, I want you have money and it's easy. Uh, actually it's probably a little bit the opposite is probably as we've gotten a little bit more money, having intentional conversations when we're talking about like, do we want to purchase a piece of land? Do we want to invest in this real right. estate? What stocks do we had a little bit of intense conversation about a stock that we recently <laughs> invested in? And I was like, I'm taking my money and I'm investing in the <laughs> stock because I'm telling you this stock is going to be hot and it's doing Tesla. very well. It's not Tesla, well. not Tesla. <laughs> although we have kids who invest in Tesla. Tesla is very volatile, but can be very, uh, very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, did we answer your question? <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, so with Lisa, we know discipleship, it's a hot topic. Have you been discipled by other couples or another couple mm-hmm. as a couple? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you guys, you and I talk a lot about Kate, uh, her husband, Kevin, um, Kate and Kevin. I don't, I think there've been times we've met with Kevin alone as well, but f- mostly it was couple with couple. Yeah. We consider it. So when we had our 25 year, uh, wedding renewal, they flew in and mm-hmm. did our wedding vows and all that stuff. So I would, I would, I feel like that's an easy, yep. easy, would you say that's true? Yep. And Brad has his own mentors, right? He has mentors in business, spiritual mentors, but as a couple, for sure, I would say Kevin and Kate. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like y'all have mentored a couple? Other than our children, I don't think we necessarily have mentored a couple. That's a great question. Yeah, I don't think so. And I feel a little, uh, not embarrassed, but I feel convicted in that. I feel an invitation (laughs) in that. No, that's okay. Mm. I think some of of the reason, I think there's been opportunity for us to mentor um, couples, but honestly, the biggest uh, opposition and barrier to that is his his traveling. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so we can't sync up our schedules. So it would have to be like a Sunday afternoon, you know? Yeah. And we don't want to do that on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I think that's I don't probably think our biggest yeah, barrier to that. I, I would say we're not a, we've never been opposed to that. Um, I think it is a lot about opportunity, availability. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not... Amy, Amy Sanger says, pick us, mentor us, which is, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for a minute. I, so I'm, uh, it's okay to interrupt when you acknowledge it, right? And <laughs> <laughs> but you notice how when each one of us are getting dripped, we kind of touch each other to mm-hmm. give each other a heads up, which is kind of our, our signal. She used to punch me, but now <laughs> it's just a touch. Um, I do think that we probably have a lot of organic influence on couples. And I will say mm-hmm. We're very intentional about who we invite into our home as a couple. So Amy and Joel are people that we invite over frequently. And um, and I think there's intentionality in that. Stephanie's saying me and Ivan. Uh, so, you know, I think we are intentional. I think if, if Brad were home during the week, 100%, I think I would, we I would thoroughly enjoy, I won't speak for him, I would thoroughly enjoy doing like a marriage couple night where we just talk about the hard things, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily a Bible study. I'm not opposed to Bible studies. Everybody knows that, but where we just have difficult conversations and invite scriptural truths into those conversations. I think we would be, I think we would be bomb at that. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, we're trying to, again, do more YouTubes together, doing this mm-hmm. together. We did the Q and A at my last conference together. We're trying to create those opportunities, but I think the biggest challenge with that really is just that we live in two totally different spaces. Right. 75% of the week. Right. And the other 25% were selfish. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned discipling your children. You know, you have two children who are married. Um, so did you talk about them? Did you talk to them about marriage before them all the time? (laughs) Did you talk to them (laughs) before they got married? Like about specifics, like y'all had to overcome. Did y'all talk about, um, did you specifically mentor them? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say specifically. Uh-uh. I think there's been a lot of really organic conversations. Uh, they certainly have come to us for counsel and advice. Like, what do you guys think? 
you know, how do you feel about this? How did you do your, uh, and, and now with the girls being pregnant, they'll ask a lot of questions like, Hey, when you were pregnant, did you? Mm-hmm. So I think in just organic conversations, uh, there was a lot of opportunity for us to kind of speak into their lives. Certainly they're both, uh, both couples, husbands and wives, in-laws, our kids are, I think are very open to counsel and come to us, uh, for, to seek counsel quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, in business, in marriage, in communications, um, of course now, like again, with, with being pregnant and how did you guys do your finances and all those things? How did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the last, the last time they were here, they were like, Hey, you know, if you guys could have done anything different as parents, knowing mm-hmm. what you know now, mm-hmm. you know, that's an organic conversation, which is what scripture talks about talking with your children as you go. Right. You know, and so I think a lot of times, and I had to learn that over the years as a mom, you know, our, so for those of you who don't know our dynamics, we do have six children. And so or for older children, you know, I homeschooled them. And so there, there was that intentionality time of sitting down and reading scripture and talking about scripture. Well, my two littles, I am, I, I'm not ashamed to say I'm too busy for that, mm-hmm. but it's more organic. Like we have conversations while we're in the car, when they're talking about something that happens at school, um, we'll invite, again, we're having more natural conversations. We're inviting scripture in and applying scripture instead of just having a scriptural conversation and supposing how it might be applicable to life, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, and I think one's a little more organic. And um, so I, I think that's probably the case with our kids as married couples now. You cover the scriptures. I cover politics. Yes. Government. For 100%. 100%, which actually makes for a great merging, a great conversation, right? right? So he'll talk about politics a lot, and then I'll connect that to yeah. the air or the principality that we're dealing with or how that, how scripture connects with that. And so I think it's very, makes for a very interesting conversation. He's, and, and a lot of people have heard me and I get, I do get pretty passionate politically. We try to, Mm -hmm. but not nearly as passionate as Brad gets. So (laughs) yeah. Next question. (laughs) Yeah. So what is your biggest strength as a couple? Unity. Uh Yeah. And I think my first thought was to say communication, but I think that's why we have unity is, mm-hmm. and, and let me say this, um, when Brad says unity, that does not mean we agree on everything. Um, but we can still make a unified decision and we respect each other in disagreement. There are some places where I, I feel very free to say, I completely disagree with that. And he's like, okay, mm-hmm. like there's, he doesn't feel threatened by that. I don't feel threatened by disagreement. Uh, if he disagrees with me, but at the end of the day, a lot of times we still have to make a unified decision. So, you know, we just bought Moretti's. And so obviously sometimes there are times I'm here during, again, during the week. So I'm managing a lot of the day to day. He's kind of seeing the overview and sometimes he wants something done. And I'll say, well, I'm going to give you some pushback on that because here's what's, we're ha- what's happening day to day, but I'm still willing to do, and he's still willing to do, but at the end of the day, we have to have that conversation and say, where are we going to unify in this? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it it doesn't always look that peaceful and that smooth, but I would say for it does a lot mm-hmm. more than it doesn't. Uh, and I would say it's been that way for our yeah. entire marriage in a lot of ways. Yeah. Just uh, n- Brad, it hasn't neither, been real hard yeah. or difficult for neither me. Brad or I, or, and I think that comes back to, we're both very confident in our identities. Mm. Um, and so the more, you know, we, we, I often say the more confident you are, the more courage you will have. And it takes courage to say, I disagree with that. Actually, I'm going to give you some pushback, especially as a woman, when the church is telling us that we don't, that our opinion doesn't matter right. ultimately because either way he gets to call the shots. Right. And Brad is confident enough to say, look, I, I don't, I'm okay with letting my wife call the shots in certain spaces and places, even in business, not just with the children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think because I know he's willing to submit to me in moments and submit to my ideas and submit to, and he knows I have a very successful business and that I make good business decisions. So because I know that he knows that, um, I don't have to force or bulldoze. I, I feel very, and I also know then too, like if he's like, look, I'm going to give you some strong pushback in that same thing. I really respect him as well. So I think it really comes back to, we're confident in our identities. And I agree with you. It's, it's not really ever been hard. We've never been yellers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can probably count on one hand, how many times we've yelled. Mm-hmm. Um, our children all remember them. 
they'll be like, remember that one time when dad yelled at, you know, it's like they were traumatized over right. it. We heard you in the bedroom yelling at each other. And Turner was like, everybody go to the basement. You know, like it was like, you know, war, take war, cover. everybody take cover. Like they didn't know what was happening because we were yelling at each other. And I think some of those were during seasons of, of real difficulty and challenge, probably for one or the other um, emotionally when we were going through some really difficult mm-hmm. emotional times and seasons, which mm-hmm. we've both gone through. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys, if y'all have not read To Love and To Be Loved, I mean, I feel like that was basically <laughs> all came is all right there in that book. Yeah. Um, as far as relationship, healthy relationship with God, yourself, and then others. Yes. And you go on, on about being each other's cheerleader, being free to um, disagree and still feel loved and still feel comfortable. Yes. Um, being Fantastic. confident. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate that shout out. So we, and I do talk about some of the challenges and the things that we've had to overcome, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, as well. A lot of that in there. And, uh, you know, uh, Kevin and Kate, when we first started kind of working with them, the, the, the quote unquote theme of the, the group, and it was just three couples was making your good marriage a better one. Um, and I really liked that. I can't speak for Brad, but because, um, we, we never really had a bad marriage. And in the book, I talk about how good became the enemy of great. Like we hear that a lot. And so, you know, we did go through a season at right around our 24, 25 year mark where we were like, how oh, we, I really love you. And I really like us, but there are some patterns that we have developed over the year that we feel like we could do better. Mm. And it took a lot of courage to have that conversation with each other. Um, to say, you know, I don't like this pattern or let me just give you an example. Like we, once upon a time when he would travel, when he was gone, we really just didn't communicate. Um, because I was busy. I was doing the kids. He was busy. He was doing the kids. He knew if he called me, I'm usually giving the kids a bath, you know, it was, and we just got to where we're like, it's just easy. We just slowly, we just developed this pattern of, we just don't communicate for the four or five days a week that he was out of town. And when we invited the Holy Spirit into that pattern, what we discovered was, even though maybe we were okay with that, that we didn't feel the favor of God on that and Mm -hmm. that it wasn't what was best for our marriage and that we needed to really set that time aside to be intentional, to step outside, step out of that meeting, whatever it was, and really carve that time out for us to connect on a daily basis. Because what we realized was over the years, I was living five days a week, almost like a single Single, parent, right? And he was living like a bachelor in a hotel room. Um, And whether we realized it or not, which we realize it now, well, now that we realize it, that that molded um, a mentality the personality I talk call about the personality mm-hmm. of our relationship and was having a, a greater influence over our marriage than we thought it was. Um, and so I think it took, you know, we, we entered into the season. I go into great detail in all this in my book, but we went, we entered into a season where we were willing to have difficult conversations and really be honest with ourselves first and foremost, and with each other to say like, this is something that I've learned to accept but it's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, another example is, uh, you know, Brad's not really by nature. He's not really a romantic guy, you know, and I was kind of always taught, well, you just need to embrace him how he is. Don't expect him to be romantic. And then you won't feel that disappointment, yada, yada. And when we started talking about that, what he realized, and I'm kind of telling your story mm-hmm. is when he prayed about that, you know, God said, look, I'm a romantic God. Mm-hmm. And you've allowed the fact that your natural inclination isn't to be romantic to become an excuse for not being romantic. And and your wife has supported that. Um, and so again, when we invited the Holy Spirit into that conversation, what we realized was because God romances us, it's important to have romance and relationship. Mm-hmm. That we learned from our, in, in our marriage, we learned more from the Holy Spirit. So, um, I think, you know, that was a really good season for us. It was really hard season, um, but a necessary season. And so we've never had a bad marriage, you know, but I say that to say there, there's always a, a something better that God wants to do in our lives personally, and also in our relationships. Change yes. needs to happen. Change always. needs to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, life yeah. requires change. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that was interesting that you said, you know, these were, there were things that we were, we were both fine with. Yeah. Like it wouldn't have bothered you to go on for the rest of your, you know, rest mm-hmm. of your life like that. Yeah. But the Lord said, no, this is, this is not okay. This is not. 
Yeah. And I think we still have to be super intentional about that because again, emotionally, I don't really need to talk to him every day. Right. And it sounds terrible. And emotionally he doesn't, because we're super independent people, Mm -hmm. but we realize if two or three days goes by, which we try not to let happen, I think, I think we all, we all realize, uh, this is, or we all, you and me and the Holy Spirit, uh, we all realize that this is not good. We need to have an intentional conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. A little bit more fun question. Who knows the other better? Oh, I think you know me better. I, I for sure do. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, he's got this strong gift of discernment. It makes me crazy sometimes. Um, but I think he knows me better than I know myself sometimes, uh, which is really good because I don't, you know, obviously the role that I take in life, you and I were having this conversation the other day, you, the role that I take in life is mostly mentoring and coaching or what have you. And I tend to be uh, very guarded, very, mm-hmm. very guarded. But he he can penetrate right through that. Mm-hmm. And he can see if something's off. He can see if I think what's changed in Brad is uh, as he's grown and he's gotten more confident in himself is, you know, when you're young, when I say young, I'm talking like our first five or six years of marriage where a lot of times if I was having something going on with me, the tendency was for him to take it personally because he was not confident in who he was. And so I think the beauty has been over the years is he's not afraid to have that conversation if he sees I'm. I don't really do this anymore, but once upon a time I was slamming cabinets, right? You know, (laughs) women, you know what I'm talking about? Like we're in, we're having an issue and we're slamming cabinets and Mm -hmm. the husband's like, Oh, I'm going to go into the other room. And I think so emotionally when something's happening with me and I'm in my mind or in my heart slamming cabinets, right? Um, uh, he picks up on that. And instead of going in the other room, uh, he's gotten really good over the years of, and I'm a seven, right, in the Enneagram, mm-hmm. so I fear emotional pain anyways. Mm-hmm. I don't like difficult emotional conversations. I, well, I just felt like I was going to cry for a moment. Um, but he's good at, uh, I don't even say making, but just inviting, giving space um, for me to go there. And I, I think he's really good at that. He de- he definitely He definitely knows me better than I know myself. <laughs> and I think he knows me better than I know him. <laughs> mm. That was a good question, though. Okay, so if you could go back to your wedding day and give yourself marriage advice, oh, what would it be? I'd still pick Arnie's happy spot. <laughs> I love it. That's where our um, see why he's good for me emotionally when things get tense. He cracks a joke, <laughs> and sevens love that. Well, sevens love that. Um, honestly, I think I would. Because we were married, and I'll just say it, we were married in a very staunch Baptist church, and we were, even our premarital was all about your roles and how he's the head and and all these things. And I think that given our personalities, Brad's real laid back. He's super chill. He's very strong, very, very strong in his opinion. He can be very stubborn, which can be a wonderful trait, absolutely, where he will not be moved. He Mm -hmm. becomes established and he will not be moved. But I'm also very independent. Um, and so I think uh, the natural, what, what we were taught, even from the very beginning, was very counterintuitive to our natural personalities and the design of God in us. And so I think it yeah, was... Yeah, there's just a religious influence that that can have on your marriage mm-hmm. as a couple. And that would, be, yeah, go back and really... I think that would be it for me. Like if I could, if I could give myself advice and say, look, um, there's going to be freedom here for you to make decisions too. And the rest of your life isn't necessarily under his hand. Mm -hmm. You know, in my book I talk about, and we talked about this a little bit earlier about visions, about how we sleep in the same bed, but we have two pillows, right? you know? And so uh, we respect that. Like there, and there are times obviously sexually intimately where we, he puts his head on my pillow or I put my head on his, but there's, there's necessary moments like that where we really just, come together in goals. And that's one of the reasons why we bought Moretti's for us. It was fun to actually kind of own something together. Like he owns things. I own things. He runs things. I run things. And this is really other than our household. This is the first business we've ever done together, which has been fantastic. Um, but I, we have this great, um, appreciation for the fact that at the end of the day, we have our own pillows, Mm -hmm. like, you know, (laughs) get off my pillow. Like this is my head space. 
Right. This is my opinion. This is my dream. This is my life. And we recognize, you know, I know uh, Brad has answered multiple times when people ask about, you know, me being a female and me being an ordained minister and me speaking from a pulpit. And, and he has said, I don't want to steal your thunder, but, but for the most part, he has said, look, if my issue here with her and her, she, first of all, he'll say, well, have you, have you heard my wife speak from a pulpit? <laughs> and he's like, if, if, my if issue- God has ordained you to speak and, and have given you that gift and, and that's what you're doing, then why would I in, interfere with that right. or yeah. try to stop that? I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, again, from a, if you bring religion into this, it, you know, there's this, you can go across the world and look at every major religion across the world. And they're all out trying to suppress women, mm-hmm. women speaking, women in business, women. In, I mean, it doesn't, you know, just look across the spectrum. And I don't think that's of God. I think, I think God. Somebody better, somebody better make some comments on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here we go. I mean, in, in for Lisa ordained minister, she's speaking and everything. God's ordained that. Why am I going to interfere with that? I, if God can ordain a donkey to speak in the Bible, <laughs> they can ordain <laughs> anybody. Yeah. yeah, and he's, I mean, he, he's hes basically said, look, if I have an issue with that, my issue is not with my wife. My mm. issue is with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because clearly she's ordained to speak. And so that's why he'll, he, you know, he'll say that, I mean, have you ever heard her speak? Like, clearly it's otherworldly. And um, so I don't know how I went down that path. So I, I, to answer the question, it would be, <laughs> Recognizing that yeah. we are free to develop, to design our roles between the two of us and the Holy Spirit for that particular season. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see. I mean, you were married. I would say young. Yes, Eight, I was eighteen. Eighteen is mm-hmm. young, you know, and you know, being no, not being fully mature and come mm-hmm. and being under that. Yeah, under that, that religious influence, mm-hmm. how it could have easily led into you just letting him. Yes. Railroad everything. Yeah, and, and Brad was a real laid back kind of for, I don't like the word passive because that sounds negative, but l- relaxed, laid back. And so it created a lot of tension because I was like, oh my God, yeah, he needs to make a decision and I'm not, you know. and well, Yeah, and I, I was passive and then I, I really have never been uh, a consistent, I got to go to church every Sunday kind of mm-hmm. uh, deal. Mm-hmm. And actually you started going to church. I needed it <laughs> before, <laughs> before you know, and and then kind of drug me along a little bit, and I was like, well, you know, I'll go because it's important to the kids or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never never yeah. been about my faith. It's just really been about religion and and things that may I dis maybe I disagree with on the religious side, but so you really got plugged in. Yeah, at harvest time. Yeah, yeah, I needed to be plugged in. You know, and because the kids were there and. And there were a lot of really good things that happened. Oh, fantastic things. Fantastic things. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So I know you're both first generation Christians, right? As yes. far as your family. Mm-hmm. So how much did your parents role play, I mean, come into your life? I mean, do you... How much did our parents, <laughs> our, their parenting skills influence us? Yeah. Uh, or their, their religious. Their marriage. Or their marriage. Yeah. Looking more at their marriage. Um, did, were there things where you were like, I'm not going to be like that, or uh, these are the things that I like, or was it all redefined with religion? Um, I don't know if this is answering the question, but let, I, well, let me say during that season when I was, we were talking about the, that 24, 25 year mark, I think there was a deep awareness in that moment. Some of the generational baggage that we had carried into our marriage Um, and therefore then we were starting to see some of those, we started seeing some of those characteristics in our marriage and also started to see some of those characteristics in our children. And so I think there was a season there where we were very intentional to break those curses off of us to repent to each other, but we also repented to our children and broke those curses. You know, just your view of how you view finances, how you view, um, addiction, how you view, uh, sexual temptation, how you view whatever. Um, I think we were, su- I know we were super intentional during that season. I don't know if that answers your question, but I, f- I feel like that's super important that there mm. definitely became came a time, but it wasn't until 25 years, 24, mm. 25 years after we were married. And some of that was because we came over the years, we've learned more about the role of the Holy Spirit and generational curses and generational baggage. 
Um, and so we started to realize, ooh, you know, even though we don't quote unquote model our our parents' marriages, we saw tendencies and behavior traits that our marriage had. Especially emotionally. Yes, yes, more emotionally, mm-hmm. that we could see those tendencies emotionally in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. And I think what's the beauty of that is we have the power to change it. Right? Yeah. We can say once you recognize it, once the, really the Holy Spirit's really bringing it to the forefront, yeah, then I, you got to make a decision, do I want to change? Yeah, and that takes a lot of courage. Again, mm-hmm. you, and, and we'll be totally transparent. At that 24, 25-year mark, we kind of came to that place where we looked at each other and we were like, okay, do we want to get a divorce or do we want to make this better? Mm-hmm. You know, and we had that conversation because there were some places where we were both deeply unhappy and deeply unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, but it so it took a lot of courage to stay and to press into that. Right. Um, and it took, and to talk about the hard things and you had to be a big girl to hear mm-hmm. the things that, that had offended him 10 years ago or two years ago or two minutes ago. Um, I, he had to be a big boy to hear the things that, you know, I was carrying wounds from, from when we had been married two years. And in, and while I might say to somebody like, that's your issue, you have to get over it. But there's also a time and a place where a couple needs to come together and have these conversations and be willing to change yourself. Um, to be not the wife that he needs me to be, but to be the wife that God has called me to be for him. And so for us, it was kind of this mental shift of saying, we're not going to fight necessarily for what we want in our marriage. We recognize at this point that God has a design for us and we're not living in the fullness of that design. And so we decided we were going to partner together in fighting for God's design for us. And that's the difference. A lot of times when people are going to marriage couples, they're fighting each other for what they want. And we came to a place where we're like, we don't want to fight each other on this. We want to come into an agreement with God and we want to partner with the Holy Spirit in fighting for our marriage. And again, a lot of that is in my book. Would you, uh, would you say that's true? Oh, yeah. So... And again, he has freedom to be like, I disagree. (laughs) All right. If you're still with us all the way to the very end, if you have liked this, uh, if you have any final questions, you're going to have to type them out super quickly. Um, But if you are joining us and you followed all the way to the end, if you would give us a wave, give us a hello, make sure you share this. Um, I have, I always love having Brad on um, because first of all, he's an excellent communicator. He's incredibly wise, Um, but he's my partner in life. And so even though... um, even though we do have our own businesses and I love, I was so happy that you said, no, we don't really <laughs> share. <each other. laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but we are still partners in life. And I think that's kind of become our tagline is that we always talk about partnership in every decision we want to feel partnered with. Um, Brad, do you have anything else you want to say as we close? No, thank you, Brittany. Yeah. Thank you, Thanks Brittany. Thanks for being here. All right. So Amy was with us all the way to the end. Tiffany Potts, hello, was with us to the end. Lori Cook, Jennifer Schumacher was with us all the way in. Sharon Watts has been with us. Betty, hello. Great stuff. Thanks for sharing. Mama Teddy, Grandma Teddy is with us. All right, you guys, that wraps it up for today. Uh, remember from this time to next time, enforcing purpose. It, it starts, starts with, with you. you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.